Uh, man, I am excited uh, for this morning. We are uh, finishing up a series on the life of, of Samson. Um, I just want to start with Proverbs 24, 16. And I, and I believe this is going to be really the theme of what we talk about tonight, although we're going to be in Judges uh, chapter 16 in here just a minute. But it says this, For though the righteous fall seven times, they rise again. But the wicked stumble when uh, calamity strikes. And as I said, we're, we're, this is the final week of uh, the series and the life of Samson. And the life of Samson is a, uh, it's a pretty interesting character in the Bible because if you're, if you're anything like me, it's a little frustrating to read his story. Because we all know the man or the woman that has all of these God-given talents, has all of these these gifts that God has bestowed on them, and, and they're just wasting it away. Anybody know anybody? You know, I hope you're not doing one of these things. But, but we all know those people, and we've all been there in our lives. I know when I was in my early 20s, I, I was that person where, where God convicted me in such a way, in a way that He said, Brandon, you are not following after the plans that I have set before you. And, and, and it, it didn't change until I came to the point of, of God, I want to fully, I want to wholly surrender my life before you and I want to be used of you. And I know many this morning have come to that point in their lives of God, use me however you see fit. But I also probably know there's a few of us, all right, all right mostly the men in the room. Sometimes we get a little hard-headed. Any men in here hard-headed, all right? Ladies, amen? All right, okay. These last few weeks, we have seen Samson's mom and dad who were unable to have children. It started in Judges chapter 13, and we moved to 13, 14, 15. We're going to be in verse, I mean, chapter 16 this week. And, and we saw from the very beginning God's hand being on the life of Samson. God's Word tells us that Samson was set apart for a purpose. You know, I love that because did you know this morning that you and I were set apart for a purpose? The purpose in which God gave Moses, and Moses, not Moses, Samson, some of these extracurricular things in which he had massive strength, he had all of these things, and he said, I want you to make a vow, and I want you to not do these things, I want you to abstain from these things because the things in which your country, the Israelites, were dabbling in, they had found themselves in the enemy's hands of disobedience. And so the first thing God told Samson is, I don't want you to cut your hair, all right? And we talked about that we know for sure that Samson did not have a mullet, okay? We made that clear, okay? But it was long hair. I'm totally kidding. It was, it was hair that gave him strength. And, and what that was for Samson was an, was an outward... An outward appearance of what God was doing in his life. He also said that I don't want you to touch anything dead. I can't just sit down this morning, I'm sorry. And he also said, I don't want you to drink any alcohol. And some of you are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And there's a reason for that God told him to do that. Because what had happened was, is those things aren't always bad things. They had become a stumbling block for the life of Israel. So God said, I can promise you this, if you don't do it, it won't be a stumbling block. Guaranteed. You see, for some of us this morning, specifically the men, like there's things in our lives that aren't, aren't considered really bad things, but they have become a hindrance to our walk with God. 
I was sharing with our men on Tuesday night, and we were just kind of praying over each other. We were, we were just, what's God doing in your life? And I, and I, and I just shared, I was, I was just being honest. Anybody have a smartphone in here? Anybody at all? Anybody feel like it has to be attached to your hip at all times? Anybody, anybody like that at all? Um, I have, unfortunately, and I asked the guys to be praying about it, honestly, because I think it's, for, for me, it's, it's become very time-consuming. You know what I'm talking about? You feel like you have to stay on top of it every five seconds or, or whatever it is, what's going on, and, and emails and all of these things. And I, and I really, I, I was honest and I said, man, I want you to pray for me because I feel like this has become a stumbling block in my life. Some of them are like, just throw it in the water, it'll be done, you know? But here's what happens is we justify those things because, you know, well, if I didn't have it, I couldn't stay on top of work, I couldn't communicate, and all of these things. But here's the thing. Even good things in our lives can be something that takes away from our walk with God. And Moses, he lives a life, and he says, you know, it's all about me. Like, God's given me all of these gifts. He's given me all of these strength. But Samson had a lot of temptations in his life. And Samson walked down a lot of roads because he did not think that his sins would find him out. And we left Samson this past week in a very difficult situation. Samson used the gifts that God gave him in a way that honored Samson, not God. And we asked the question is how? How do people with such God-given talent, with such a purpose on their life, how do they get down a road of destruction? And last week we said, you know what? Destruction takes place one step at a time. It doesn't happen overnight. It's a choice that we do day after day after day after day. And many of us this morning have found ourselves in a situation asking, how in the world did I get here? And so we pick up the story this morning. We're going to read again verses uh, 21 and 22 in um, Judges chapter 16. If you don't have a Bible, there should be one close by. There's a, there's a hardback uh, black Bible there. If you don't have one at all, make that yours. Put your name in it. Take it home. That's our gift to you. But I want to kind of recap and we're going to kind of dive in uh, this morning. Verses 21 and 22 of, of chapter 16. And we're going to kind of see where Samson has found himself. It says, And the Philistines seized him and gouged out his eyes and brought him down to Gaza and bound him with bronze shackles. And he ground at the mill in the prison. But as we said in verse 22, But the hair of his head began to grow again after it had been shaved. So here's a man with all of this talent, with all of this strength, And he found himself in the arms of the enemy weak. What do we do when we find ourselves in those situations? I know many times, even we look through these scriptures, if you go all the way back to Adam and Eve, what was the first thing that they did? It was the blame game, wasn't it? I mean, when we find ourselves in that situation, we never want to take ownership particularly in those situations. We always want to say, well, you know, that's just the way it's going to be. Or this, if this person wouldn't have done that, you know, Samson could easily say, no, it was Delilah. Last week we talked about how, what does it say, man? That she kept nagging and she kept nagging and she kept nagging to the point where Samson was like, I am fed up with that. I'm just going to, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to break my vows to God, and I don't even care. 
And so Samson found himself in a situation. His condition right now in this story, it raises the question, what do you do when you realize you've blown it? What do we do as Christ followers when we feel like we have, we have blown it? What do you do, man, when you realize you've wasted years that God gave you? You've wasted the gifts and talents He's given you. You've done some things that you can't undo. And you're embarrassed by your actions. You've hurt people that love you and you didn't do what God created you to do. And the problem is, is for us men, did you know men and women are different? Did you know that? Very, very different. Thank you, Lord, for that. Let me give you an example. Ladies are very friendship-oriented, all right? Some, maybe there's a uh, ladies and they're talking and they're texting and they're, you know, chatting. And, and what happens is many times with ladies in the friendship is if, you know, if you don't hear from that person in like 72 seconds, you know, you're like, you're texting back like, you know, are we still BFFs? You know, it's, it's very much like, do you still like me? Do you love me? You know, let's get together and hug and cry and, hey, I got to go to the bathroom. Who all wants to go to the bathroom? You know, so we, we gather the, the ladies and then they're in there for like four hours and the guys are like, what are they... I don't, I don't understand that. Like, what, what are they doing in there? Women are very much relationship-driven, which is, I love that. Thank you, God, for that, that they impress on men. You know, relationships are important. But men are just a little bit different than that. You see, men love to live by accomplishing things. Men love to conquer things. Did we win? You know, probably the biggest conversation for many of you men this morning was, was football. Anybody else? Man, did you see that? I mean, I'm the same way. Like, did you see the game? And my team won, or they got blown out. I mean, that's what we talk about. We want to conquer. We want to win. We want to accomplish things. And when we find ourselves in a situation, in a desperate situation where we aren't, it is so difficult for us as men. We feel like we've lost our purpose. And I can promise you right now, Samson is feeling that guilt. He is feeling that esteem of, I have, I have missed the boat. I knew that God called me, but because of my choices, day after day I find myself right here. I can't see, and I'm in shackles, but God's purpose was for me to be used of God to deliver His people. Some of you this morning are feeling that guilt. Maybe that guilt, I don't know what that guilt is for you. Maybe it's a relationship that went bad. Maybe there's a rub relationship with your children or maybe with parents or maybe you just lost your job because you can't control your anger or whatever that looks like for us. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Generally speaking, a man's greatest fear is failure and his greatest pain is regret. Regret. There's been many things in my life that I have struggled with because of regret. And even it's been years and years and years ago, and I know God has forgiven me, and I know that I've been there. It still comes back sometimes and haunts me. I start thinking about that, and it, and it controls my emotions, and it controls who I am in Christ. Samson's story, it teaches us something that we have to embrace. 
internalized to live with. It's the principle that just because you failed at something does not, does not mean that you are a failure. A failure is an event. It's never a person. A failure is an event. It is never a person. But so many times we, we, we get into that and, and we start understanding, we start believing the lie that we are worthless. That, that God can never use us because of the choices that we have made. And, and many times in our life it keeps us, listen to this, it keeps us from following after Jesus with all that we are. Because we want to wear that guilt or we want to give that guilt to somebody else. And Jesus says, I want to take that guilt from you so that you can live in the freedom of the grace that I've given you. We're going to pick the story up this morning in verse 23 of chapter 16. But before we do, let's just pray together. Uh, God, we come before you. Lord, use your word. God, I pray that your word would speak to us. It would challenge us. God, please humble me in this moment. May my words be of you, Father. May it bring edification to those in this room this morning, Father. God, I pray that you would challenge us, that you would convict us, that you would encourage us, Father, to pursue you, and we would become more like you, God. We pray these things in the precious and holy name of Jesus. Amen. Verse 23, it says, Now the rulers of the Philistines assembled to offer a great sacrifice to Dagon their God and to celebrate, saying, Our God has delivered Samson, our enemy, into our hands. Now, during this time, as they celebrate, think of more of a Colosseum-type setting. Don't think of more like a, a church setting that we think today. It's more of a, a Colosseum where, where they would kind of come out and the, and the crowds would cheer and all of these things. And, and so there's thousands of people sitting in this Colosseum and, 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 and they're praising this, this god named Dagon. Now, now Dagon was the, guard, the god of harvest, all right? He was the god of harvest and it was harvest time because if you remember last week, we're going to see this in just a second. Remember what Samson did? He took those foxes, all right, and he burnt their tails and burnt down all of their harvest, all of their wheat, all right? So it's harvest time, and, and Dagon, he was the image of, of God, of a man's head, and a, and a body of a fish, okay? So think about that, all right? There's, there's like this body of a fish and, and the man of, or a God that has a man's face on it, you know what? I, I think I'm going with our God as far as that goes on that, but, but that, that's kind of they're saying, all right, Godfish, all right, we thank you for handing over Samson into our arms. We thank you for that. So, so all of these thousands of people are gathered. I want you to kind of picture that in your head. They're all celebrating. Verse 24, it says, When the people saw him, speaking of Samson, when the people saw Samson, they praised their God, saying, Our God has delivered our enemy in our hands, and the one who laid waste our land. They're, they're talking about the foxes, all right? They're talking about what he did. Like, this is the man who did this. Just remember that he did this to us. And then it goes on and says, And he multiplied our slain. Back in chapter 15, we talked about how when, when Samson took that jawbone, and he literally killed a thousand men at a time. He says, I want you to remember this, this person who laid our wasteland and one who multiplied 
our slain. Verse 25, while they were in high spirits, they shouted, bring out Samson to entertain us. So they called Samson out of the prison and he performed for them. I want you to put your shoes in Samson right now. Think about that, specifically the men. God has set him apart, has given him a purpose, has equipped him with everything he needs in the name of Jesus to to do what God has called him to do. And Samson finds himself in shackles. And it says he was literally doing what oxen do. He was actually the, the turntable of the grain. Usually oxen do that, but now they've got Samson doing that. And he's shackled, and they are mocking him. I mean, can, can you imagine how Samson is feeling right now? I honestly can't. How degrading he is feeling right now. Completely ashamed of, of the choices that he has made. And some of you this morning are feeling a lot like Samson. You're feeling like you're stuck in here in shackles of, of wherever those choices that you have made in life, and you are so ashamed. And that guilt is, is killing you. And there's two ways to respond to failure in our lives. The first thing, if you're taking notes, the natural response is is remorse and and deep regret. That's the natural response to things. I feel bad what I did. I shouldn't have done it. I'm a bad person. Sometimes remorse will, will turn inward like I'm horrible. I'm no good. I'm the worst person who's ever lived. I have no future. I hate myself. I hate my life. You're thinking, I've said those words this week. Other times it turns outward. And to this kind of, I'm the victim and it's someone else's fault. Just like Samson could have said, Man, it's, it's Delilah's fault. If she would not have tempted me, if she would cut, not have kept nagging on me, I never would have let her, I never would have chose that path. So the first response, the natural response for, for me, maybe I'm the one who struggles with this, is that remorse. The second response, and it's a better response, is that of repentance. Owning it. Actually saying, you know what, it is my fault. Men are so good at this, aren't they? It's my fault. Kidding. Mm. I blew it. And it's not just admitting that you're wrong because what happens many times, I'm wrong and I blew it and the next Thursday you're doing the same thing again. I'm wrong and I blew it and I, all, all i got to do is just ask for forgiveness and I know she's going to forgive me. I know my boss is going to forgive me. I know my friend is going to forgive me if I just say I'm sorry. And many times, especially as men, we abuse that. And there's never been a heart change. There's never been a time where we stop and we turn the other way. You see, repentance is not only admittance 
of what took place. But it's turning from those things in our lives. Remorse is wearing that guilt or putting that guilt on someone else as if it's their fault. And repentance is, is God saying, I want to wear that regret. I want to I take that away from you. I, I want to say I had a dirty shirt here, so to speak. Many times we want to wear that dirty shirt and we want to live with that. We want to live with the guilt. We want to live with all the shame. And what it does is it keeps us from living a purpose-filled life that God has intended for us. But many times we want to we give that guilt to someone else. We want to we blame our spouse or our kids or our situation and all of those things because that's the easy way to do it, isn't it? But here's the difficult thing is, is taking that off and admitting that, God, this is all about you. This life that I live, it's not about me. I know I have a purpose. I know I have a plan. I want to give you these things in my life. And the cool thing about God is, is he, he actually desires for us to do that. But I've struggled with this in my life. Because as we talked the first week in the Samson, like, he's strong, he's a man, he can do it, he can take on all of these things. And God says, no, 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 no. I want to make you weak so that I can make you strong. I want you to surrender your life. I want you to bring repentance to your life. And if that's at the point where I can use you. You see, Samson struggled his entire life to this point of, it's all about me. I'm strong. I can do it. And it's the same struggles that, that I have. It's the same struggles that men have today. Because here's the thing. God created us that way because we want to conquer. We want to be strong. We want to overtake. We want to win. God said, you've got to surrender first. You've got to surrender. There's going to be times when we do things that we cannot undo. I read a story this past week uh, which Craig Rochelle told several years ago. Um, he says, I don't know if all of you know or not, but you can group text people now. You know what I'm talking about? Like you can get people and it, it, all one text and it goes out. And some people are like, I think those things drive me crazy, all right? He said, you've got to be careful when you do that. Craig, he was on a trip one time away from his family for several days. He was missing his family. His wife texted him and are you still up? She didn't know if he was awake or not. He responds, yes, I'm still up. Little did he know that his wife had sent the group text to their entire small group. All right, you know where this is going here, okay? So there's all of these people who are getting this text, all right? Remember, this is a married couple here, so he says, I can't wait to get and you know, I can't wait to see you again, blah, 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 you know, and the next thing you know is he realizes after he pressed send, you've been there before? Maybe an email or a text, and he pressed send, and then all of a sudden you have a heart attack, and you want to crawl in a hole, and there's nothing you can do about it. 
He said about 45 seconds later, his, call, his wife called and, and, and said, um, do you realize? He's like, yes, I do. The whole group knew exactly how good their love life was. Let's just put it there, all right? He said to his embarrassment, they had to kind of suck it up and go with it. It ended up being a funny thing. But it's, listen to this, folks. It's in those moments, good, bad, or indifferent, and that's a humorous way of putting this. There's going to be times where we can't undo what we've done. And there's a couple of options for him at this point. He resigns. I can't face these people ever again. I'm probably dabbling with that thought, honestly. The shame, the embarrassment. Here's the thing. That's not even a bad thing. But what happens is, is we take on that shame and we take on that guilt and we wear that. and It affects the way that we live for God. It does. For some of us, it's a little more serious than just a misappropriated text, so to speak. For some of us, we've chosen to dabble in some things that you know that you should not be doing. Married men, there are boundaries in which you live your marriage. There's things that you should not be doing There's things that you should not be looking at. There's things that you should not be dabbling with. Why? Because you have made a vow before God that you would not cross those boundaries. But what happens is, as we talked the first week is, as we allow, I can do it. I'm a man. Nobody's going to know about it. I've gotten away with it before. And we allow lust to churn in our hearts and we get to the point where we don't care. And when we start going down that road, it always leads to destruction, and destruction always affects those around us. So Samson. If he's a human being, he is feeling like a failure at this point. Being mocked by his enemies. Verse 26. Actually, verse 25, the end part of that, it says they, when they brought him out, when they, they stood him among the pillars. In verse 26, Samson said to the servant who held his hand, put me where I can feel the pillars that support the temple so that I may lean against them. Now the temple was crowded with men and women. All the rulers of the Philistines were there. And on the roof were about 3,000 men and women watching Samson perform. In verse 28... Then Samson prayed to the Lord, Sovereign Lord, remember me. Please, God, strengthen me just once more and let me with one blow get revenge on the Philistines for my two eyes. So here's what he's saying in other words. God, that I know that I've blown it time and time and time and time again. And I'm not asking you to move twice. I'm asking you to move one last time in my life. I believe for the first time in the life of Samson, he is at the bottom of the barrel. And many times God allows us to get to the bottom of the barrel because it allows us to understand that God is in control and we are not. And so Samson is in an absolute desperate situation for God to move on his behalf. Verse 
And I think this was a time that Samson said, you know what? For the first time I understand I need to die to myself. For the first time I understand that I've been living my whole life thinking that I wasn't going to get in trouble for the things and my actions and the remorse and all of it. I think for the very first time, and you're thinking, well, of course, look at him. He's in shackles with, with no eyes. And then we look around us and we look in the mirror and we're like, well, of course, look at my life. It's in destruction. But I love this because in the midst of all of this, in the midst of all of the shame and the guilt and all of these things that Samson is feeling in the moment, God is right there with him. It reminds him of the scripture that God will never leave us nor forsake us. God is always there in the midst of, of the trials and the mountaintop experiences. Verse 29, And Samson reached toward the two central pillars on which the temple stood, bracing himself against them, his right hand on the one and his left hand on the other, Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. Then he pushed with all of his might, and down came the temple on the rulers and all the people in it. Thus he killed many more when he died than while he lived. Verse 31, then his brothers and fathers, whole family went down to get him. They brought him back and buried him between Zorah and Eshtal in the tomb of Manoah, his father. He had led Israel 20 years. What do we get out of this? God is not done with you. God is not through with you. Some of us are feeling just like Samson. You have lied so many times. You're thinking, no one is ever going to trust me again. No one's ever going to believe me again. For some of us, we've been so addicted to something in our lives that has kept us from walking and pursuing God. Let me ask you a question as we close our time together. And I want to ask very specifically, what pillars in your life do you need to push down? What things in your life, and I know for some of us, man, our, man, our heart and our mind is starting to churn, we're starting to, God is starting to impress on our hearts those things that we have been dealing with and, and struggling with, for some of us for a very long time, maybe it's pride. Something I struggle with. Maybe, it, maybe it's pride. Maybe, maybe it's anger. Maybe some of us have, have anger issues. And it keeps festering itself and it keeps coming up because the outflow of our heart, we're putting in anger and it's out, out comes anger. See, God's Word says the outflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Let me ask you something, man. What are you filling your heart and your mind with? What are you filling your heart and your mind with? Because whatever that is, at some point it will come out. In your actions and in your speech. You see, some of us have gotten ourselves in such a predicament because we've allowed whatever's in our heart to come out, and now we have, maybe some of us, we have a broken marriage because of that. Maybe for some of us, our kids won't talk to us because of that. 
Maybe for some of us, we can't hold down a job because our anger overtakes us. I don't know what that is in our lives, but I believe that God wants, to, wants us to, to push down some pillars in our lives so that we can be raised up as men of God and that we can lead this church, that we can lead our families in the ways of God. And just to be authentic, there are some pillars that I need to push down in my life. You see, we've never, we've never, we don't get to the point where we attain holiness. We don't get to the point because what happens when we get to that point is, is, is pride starts to tear us down. And we start thinking, man, at least, at least I'm not as bad as him or, or her or whatever it is. And God says, no, 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 no. Remember who you are. If it wasn't for Jesus. I'm going to ask Jared to come back up. This morning, there are really two choices as we respond to what it is God might be asking us to do, to change. The first choice is regret. That we continue to live our lives day after day, year after year, and we get to the point where we feel that shame and that regret, knowing, knowing that we missed the mark. Knowing that the things that we've been striving for, knowing that the things that we've allowed into our lives, and we're, we're living that guilt. And God says, I want to free you from that. I want you to cast all of those things, man, that Satan is lying to you about. I want you to cast all of those things that many times we put ourselves in these situations because it's one choice after one choice after one choice. And yes, yeah, some of us might be just where Samson is. At the end of our rope, God says, I am right there with you. And the choice that God wants us to take on, the choice where lives start to be changed, is that of responding with repentance. God, I have messed up. I have been living my life all about me, not caring how it affects anybody else in my life. And it's the verse that keeps coming, we keep talking about, that worldly sorrow always leads to death, but godly sorrow brings repentance which leads to salvation and never, ever, ever, ever leaves regret. But there has to be a point in our lives where we come to God and say, it's all about you. And God says, I want to carry that burden. I want to carry that stain. I want to carry those bad choices. I want to carry that regret. I want to carry those things because I have a purpose for you. And I don't care if you're 13 or you are 95 and you've lived living a life of, of shame or guilt. And God says, that's the reason I sent Jesus. So that He can take those things. You can live in the freedom of my grace and my love. So I want you to take just a second right now. 
And I want you to think of some things in your life that you know you are holding on to. And you know, you know that God is asking you to make some changes. You know that God is asking you to push down some of those pillars in your life, whatever that looks like in your life. And I want to challenge you to cry out to God on behalf of those things. I want to challenge you to come before most holy God and say, God, this is where I'm at. But my desire, my heart, is that I can honor you in all that I do, in my thoughts, in my actions, in my speech. Because my desire is for you to get the glory with my life. pray together. Father, we uh, God, we come before you. God, have your way with us. God, I pray that your word would penetrate our hearts this morning. God, I pray, Lord, as you impress on our hearts and our minds and you bring conviction in areas in our lives that we are withholding from you, God, those pillars that need to be torn down in our lives. God, I pray that you would give us boldness, that you would give us strength to surrender those things before you. God, I pray maybe for the first time there might be men and women, God, who for the first time, God, might stop and turn around and seek counsel and seek help in their lives. Maybe it's financial, God. Maybe it's a substance, God. Maybe it's pornography, God. Maybe it's a struggle with their marriage. Maybe it's parenting. Whatever it is, God. Lord, you created the church that we would do life together. And that we would sharpen each other, Father. And that we would pray for one another. And that we would hold each other's burdens as we do life together, Father. God, give us boldness. Give us the strength to surrender those areas in our lives. God, I am excited to see what you're going to do specifically in the life of our men. God, raise them up. If they would lead well, and if their leading would bring you honor and glory. So Father, we thank you, Lord. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the life of Samson. Lord, that you can work in the midst of even an uncommitted life, God. So, Father, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.